there is none like you, we bless your name. Sweet smelling Holy Spirit, we ask that you will have your way this morning. Release your blessings over your children. Pray that their life will be transformed. Lord, send your word to a soul and change the life of that individual today. Wipe away the tears of someone that has been weeping for long. Put a stop to every adversity in the life of someone. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' precious name, we have prayed. Please, you may be seated on your seat of testimony. God bless you. Good morning. You're welcome. Nice to see you once more in your father's house. I pray that today you will not be disappointed in Jesus' name. The Lord will meet all your expectations in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. By the special grace of God, we're going to continue in the series, Turning Your Pain to Gain, Part 3. Turning Your Pain to Gain, Part 3. Last week, we shared the story of a man that went through his own pain. At the age of 13, he was sold into slavery. And uh, he was sold. He got to his master's house. He was wrongly accused of the sin. He never committed. He was in prison. Pain number two. Right in the prison, he blessed his friends. And uh, when their dreams were fulfilled, they forgot about him in the prison. Three and a half years he spent in the prison. Pain number three. And uh, how did he turn his pain into gain? In Genesis chapter 45, 47 and 48, the Bible records that his brethren came to him and they bowed. So his dream in Genesis 37 verse 5 was fulfilled. He never accused them. He never imprisoned them. He didn't say anything wrong against them. He was not even bitter. Instead, he fed them. He fed them. And remembered what he said. He said, though you guys have mended for evil for me, but God has turned it for good. There is a reason for what I've gone through. It's not for you. It's for posterity. Praise the Lord. Joseph. Joseph turned his pain to gain. Today, let's take our reading from the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. I'm going to be sharing with you a man that also turned his adversity into advancement. He turned his own adversity into advancement. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. There had no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted. Above that ye are able, but will the temptation also make a way to escape, that ye may be able to be our aid. Praise the Lord. That is the word of God there. That even though you are going through your adversity and pain now, God is there with you. If God knows you will not have that capacity and the capability to go through that temptations and adversity, you will not go through it. But the reason why you are going through that pain and that adversity is because God knows you have the capacity and the grace to come out of it. So whatever you are going through now, I want to tell you, child of God, God is there with you. Whatever you are going through is a matter of time because when God is with you, he will see you through. Hallelujah. Right, turning your pain to gain part three. Turning your pain to gain part three. There is no Christian or believer that is exempted from trials 
adversity or pain. But our trials, is, if well managed, can be turned into opportunity, blessings, and testimony. Let's read the book of Job chapter 1. Job chapter 1, verse 1 to 5. Job chapter 1, verse 1 to 5. The book of Job is a, is a book that is not common for every believer to read. If I ask you a question, when last have you ever read the book of Job? You'll be amazed that nobody will raise up their hand. It's a book that we avoid in the Bible. But I want to tell you, it's one of the best books to read when you are going through your pain and adversity. Because it's a book that will encourage you. The book of Job is a story of a man that went through his adversity. Do you know that the author of that book was not known in the Bible? As I'm speaking, we don't know who wrote that book. But yet, that book is a blessing to mankind. Because the whole of the chapters compri comprises of bad stories, bad testimony. We don't like to hear or read about bad testimonies of people. We don't like to hear or read about the failures and trials and adversity of people. Job chapter 1, I will read from verse 1 to 5. There was a man in the land of earth whose name was Job. And that man was perfect and upright, and one that feared God and eschewed evil. And there was born unto him seven sons and three daughters. His substance also was seven thousand sheep, and three thousand camels, and five hundred yoke of oxen, and five hundred she axes, and a very great household. So that this man was the greatest, the richest, the wealthiest of all the men of the east. And his sons went and feasted in their houses. Everyone is day and sent and called for their three sisters to eat and to drink with them. Verse 5. And it was so when the days of their feasting were gone about that Job sent and sanctified them and rose up early in the morning and offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, it may be that my sons and daughters have sinned and caused God in their heart. Thus did Job continually. A very man, that, a man that feared God. A righteous man. Did you see how God qualified Job? An upright man. A man that feared God. The man that ran away from evil. A perfect man. A righteous man. I pray that heaven will not only approve you, but also heaven we, we make you an eyes of envy before people in Jesus' name. Do you know anytime God is boasting of a man, that man must be, must be so special. It's, 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 it's not common. But for Job, his own was so special. Perfect, upright, righteous, feared evil. He runs away from evil. Hallelujah. Now, this man Job had no background history. We don't know where he is from. We don't know his parents. We don't know the country. All we know about him is a land of ours. We don't know his history. The writer and the author of the book is unknown. Job was tested and proven by God. Righteous, holy, and perfect before God. He was one of the richest men in their own time. His riches was estimated of the value of 800,000 $800,000 as a then. $800,000 were his estimated value of his wealth as a then, years back. He fears God always, 
offer burnt offering on behalf of his children. With all these good stories and approval of heaven, Job still suffered and went through pain and adversity. The question is, why do the righteous suffer and righteous go through pain and adversity? Job was not a sinner. Job was not the one that mocks God. He loved God. Job, the Bible says, he runs away from evil. But yet, he went through pain, he went through trials, he went through adversity. Let me announce to you someone that is seated and those that are watching me online. I want to tell you today that the fact that you are born again, you are righteous, you are holy. And the fact that you are serving God and you fear God, you are paying your tithes and doing and seeking God and doing all the benevolence in the house of God. And yet you are going through pain and trials. Please, I want you to tell, I want to tell you today, God is not far from you. God is not far from you. The righteous will go through pain. The righteous will go through adversity. The righteous will go through trials. But let me announce to you today, weeping may endure it for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. The pains of Job. In Job chapter 1, verse 13 to 17. One of the pains of Job was that there was a day when his sons and his daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. They were making parties and they were enjoying their life. And there came a messenger unto Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the axes feeding beside them. And the Sabians fell upon them and took them away. Yea, they have slain the servants with the edge of the sword. I am the only one that escaped alone, only me. Verse 16. While he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, The fire of God is falling from heaven. And I burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them. And I am the only one that did what? Escape. While he was yet speaking, did you see how the evil, how the disaster was falling on Job perpetually? He was coming from one problem to another problem. While he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, The Chaldeans made our three bands and fell upon the camels, and have carried them away and slay the servants with the edge of the sword. I am the only one that to tell you that escape job lost all his business all his ventures all his property in one day remember the estimated value then years back eight hundred thousand dollars of investment lost in one day pain number one pain number two job chapter one verse 18 to 19 while he was yet speaking there came also another and said Thy son, thy daughters were eating and making merry, drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. And behold, there came a great wind from the wilderness. Unknown wind, evil wind. Any evil wind that is, that is trying to destroy you, that is trying to destroy your family today, we divert them in the name of Jesus. From the wilderness and smote four corners of the house. And it fell upon the young men. And they are dead. And I only am escaped alone to tell thee. All his seven children died in the same day. Seven children lost all his children in one day. Pain number two. Pain number three. Job chapter two, verse seven to nine. 
So when Satan fought from the presence of the Lord and smote Job with sawbars from the sole of his foot unto his crown, and he took him a potsherd to scrape himself with her. All right? And he sat down among the ashes, then said his wife unto him, Do you still retain your integrity? Cause God and die. You are not fit to live again. Hallelujah. Pain number three. Job lost his well-being and his health also. In Job chapter 30, verse 1 to 10, Job's friends, three of them, that were meant to be a support system for Job, they left him. In the time of adversity is the time you know your true friends. <laughs> These three friends went to Job and told him, the reason why all these mischiefs and these trials and trouble is falling upon you is because you are a sinner. One of them said. The other one said, maybe it's a sin that you have committed in, in the days of your youth. Or maybe there is something you have done against God. You know, they started saying so many things. The third one was canceling you. Do you know in the time of adversity, even your young brother becomes your counselor? Because you are helpless. All you can do is to cry. And he will be the one, bro, if you have done it like this, you will not have been regretting. Why can't you do it? Your younger brother giving you a cancer in the time of pain. That was the story of Job. Pain number three. His three friends left him. Job was alone, isolated in the lockdown. Hmm. How did Job turn his adversity to advancement? God will never forsake you. Amen. I said God will never leave you. Is too faithful to leave you. You know, there is a song I love so much. I was playing that song this morning. I don't know. I just wake up. He said, you are too faithful to leave me. You are too faithful to abandon me. He said, I've just realized that I've gone through so much. But God, you are too what? Faithful to leave me. Whatever you are going through, God remains faithful. He remains faithful. He remains faithful. How Job turned his adversity to advancement. Job chapter 1, verse 20. Job chapter 1, I'll read verse 20 to 22. The Bible says, Then Job arose and rent his mantle, and shaved his head, and fell down upon the ground, and worshipped, and said, Naked am I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return. Vita. The Lord gave it, and the Lord are taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Verse 22. How did Job turn one of his pain to advancement? In all this, he lost all his venture. He lost all his seven children. The Bible says in Job chapter 1 verse 22. In all this, Job sinned not. Nor do what? Charge God foolishly. The question is this. What is your language in the time of pain and adversity? Job sinned not. Because Job had a very strong relationship with God. Job knew that it's a matter of time. He's going to bounce back. Listen. When you have a strong relationship with your maker, you are sure and you are knowing in the knower that whatever you are going through, 
it's not permanent because you know the one that's, that, that, is, that has saved you, that has called you, that has created you is faithful. Your relationship with you, with God, will make you realize that, yes, even though you are going through all this, you still have to trust him. God is not wicked. It's not evil. It's a matter of time. Job did not sin. Job did not chat foolishly against God. Job did not curse God. Job did not say any foolish things against him. Many of us, a little pain, a little migraine, a little fibroid, a little thing. We go to our GP after prayer and the prayer is not working and you are still going through that pain. All you start to do is this. God, where are you? God, where are you in this? God, will you leave me alone? God, can't you see I'm in pain? Listen, weeping will not stop God from doing what God wants to do. What moves God is faith. Your weeping will not stop that pain. Faith is what moves God. Job did not sin. He turned his adversity into worship. He worshipped God. Number two, how did Job turn his adversity to advancement? Job 13, verse 15. The book of Job, chapter 13, verse 15. The Bible says, in Job 13, Job's hope was not lost. He kept his trust in God. He says in Job 13, 15, Even though he slay me, he killed me, yet will I trust him. Even though he has taken all my children, he has taken all my money, he has taken my wife and my wealth, I will still trust God. How many of us can, can, can say that statement in the time of adversity? I will still trust him. Even though he slept me, yet will I trust him. But I will maintain my own ways before him. So instead of mourning, instead of complaining, Job trust God. He put all his hope and trust in God. Turning his adversity to advancement. Number three, in Job 42, Job 42, the book of Job, chapter 42, verse 7 to 9. Job 42, verse 7 to 9. The Bible says, And it was so that after the Lord had spoken these words unto Job, the Lord said to Elias, the Tamite, My wrath is kindled against you. You are one of his friends. Against thy two friends. For ye have not spoken of me. The thing that is right as my servant Job had. <laughs> In verse 8. Therefore, take unto you now seven bullocks and seven rams and go to my servant Job and offer up for yourself a burnt offering. And my servant Job shall pray for you. For him will I accept lest I deal with you. After your folly, in that ye have not spoken of me things which is right, like my servant Job. Verse 9. So he levers the Tamites and Bela the Shunites and Zophar. The Nahimites went, the three friends of Job, and did according as the Lord commanded them. The Lord accepted, the Lord also accepted Job. How did Job turn his adversity to advancement? Job prayed for his friends that abandoned him. Job did not accuse his friends. 
Job did not abuse them. During his season of adversity and pain, Job prayed for them. And look at what happened. Immediately, Job prayed for his friends that abandoned him. And the Lord turned the captivity of what? Job. May the Lord turn every of your captivity today. May the Lord change every of your situation today. Every of your captivities that has lingered for a long time, today it will receive a turnaround from God in the name of Jesus. The Lord turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. So God was waiting for Job to retaliate. God was watching and he was waiting. Let me see his reaction to his friends. And instead of Job to retaliate and abuse, he prayed for them. Immediately he prayed for them instead of abusing them. Things began to change. Things began to take shape. Ah, and the Lord turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. Also, the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Because he prayed for his friends. Because he prayed for his friends. Then came there unto him, all his brethren. I want to stop there. Immediately God turned his adversity to advancement, his pain to gain. In verse 16, look at what happened. In Job 42, verse 16. And after this lived Job an hundred and forty years, and saw his sons. He had many sons. And his sons' sons. So he saw three generations. Even for generations. So Job died being old and full of what? Of days. The end of Job was better than his beginning. May I announce to you, your beginning does not matter to God. Your beginning matters to your parents that give back to you. It is how you finish that matters to heaven. A man may start well, but not finish well. But a man may start rough, but end well. But I pray for you that you will finish well. I said you will finish well. By the special grace of God, you will finish well. You will finish strong. In the name of Jesus. Many have died during the adversity. They couldn't taste the good side of God. There are many that started so well. And in the middle of their season, they went through pain and they died in that process. But there are many that started well, that went through their pain and came out better. And their end was better than their beginning. You will not die in adversity. I say you will not die in adversity in the name of Jesus. After all this pain, after all the loss, came breakthrough, came restoration. Satan lost the battle. God's mercy prevailed over Job's situation. James chapter 1, verse 12. I'm going to read a story of a lady that will encourage your faith in a moment. James, James chapter 1, verse 12. James chapter 1 verse 12. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. For when he is tried, he shall do what? Receive the crown of life. Which the Lord 
had promised to them that love him. How many of you wants to receive the crown of life? Then how many of you wants to wait? You have to wait. That pain is not meant to kill you. No. That trial is not meant to destroy you. Yes. When you wait, you will receive the crown of life. Let me close by the story of this lady that I want to read. At age 8, I was sexually and mentally, emotionally abused by my father until I was 18 years. My mother, who was supposed to protect and speak, defend me, ignore my abuse. Because my father was controlling to everyone. My father raped me at least once a week from age 10 to 18. My father, whom I was supposed to trust to keep me safe, was the one I feared most. At school, among friends and families, I pretended as if everything is normal. Father told me that all he is doing is normal. But it had to be a secret between two of us or else it will kill me. Now you may be wondering, where is God in all this? God was there, I know. After I left home, I was in a five years failed marriage because of domestic abuse until I encountered Jesus who saved me and redeemed me from shame. Now I am married with four grown-up children doing well. What do I do to my sinful father? Do I revenge? I have reason to be bitter, to arrest him, or to even kill him. But instead, I led my father to Jesus because only Jesus can deliver him. Today, I'm a world-known figure, a preacher, because I turn my bad experience into stories for people to learn. God turned my mess to message for me. Joyce Mayers. Your wound is not your fault. But your healing is your responsibility. Stand up on your feet. From pain to gain. Lord, turn every of my adversity into advancement. Turn every of my pain to gain for me. Whatever I'm going through now, Father, turn it into progress. Turn it into advancement for me. Pray to God. Pray to God. Lord, turn all my pain to gain. Turn my adversity to advancement. Turn all my mess to message. Lord, change my story. Now pray to God. Let my end be better than my beginning, oh God. Let my end be better than my beginning, oh God. Let my end be better than my beginning, my Father.